Hello and welcome to Juju TV's Open 24-7 with your host, me, Judea B. Open 24-7 is a platform meant to give voice to and create conversation around the news stories, trending hashtags, and conspiracy theories that are keeping you up at night. Open 24-7 is by no means ran by a team of experts, but the hope is that with open communication and diverse dialogue, we can begin to understand little by little, conversation by conversation, exactly what what the fuck is going on? I am Juju TV, and this is Open 24 7. Welcome back, Juju Bees, and thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Open 24 7 with your host, me, Judea B. I just want to take the moment to give a huge shout out to those of you who uh, watched the podcast concerning Amir Locke and his story, who actually took the time to donate and to follow up more and to read more into it. I really appreciate it, guys, because that's what Open 24-7 is about, creating conversations that urge us to go out and do something about it actually creating change in this world creating a better tomorrow so special shout out to you guys i really appreciate it keep it up because we're not stopping here we're gonna pick right on up into this week's headlines and when i tell you this week was noisy but i would also like to take the time to remind everyone that if you need a break a mindfulness break do that because there was so much going on this week and i can understand that that overwhelming sense of just chaos the world was very loud There were a lot of things going on and we still had to wake up and function as citizens. We still had to wake up and deal with personal problems. We still had to wake up and live life through chaos. So first off, if you've made it to the end of this week without losing your mind and you still have your sanity intact, go ahead and give yourself the biggest pat on the back because you deserve it. This week's headlines brought us updates in the pursuit of justice for Ahmaud Arbery, unrest in Ukraine, and living black history with Katanji Brown Jackson being the first black woman to be nominated for Supreme Court justice. This week, for sure, full of highs and lows. Nevertheless, Open 24-7 is a podcast meant for those of us who don't watch the news. So I'll for sure get you guys up to date, get you talking about the news and the world around you in hopes that we can lead a better tomorrow. This is Open 24-7. Wednesday afternoon brought news of for the family of Ahmaud Arbery as the three men involved in Ahmaud's death were found guilty on all counts of federal hate crime. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Ahmad's story, I urge you to please look into it and understand exactly what's going on. Don't just take my words for it. Look into it and develop thoughts and feelings of your own. But for the sake of context, Ahmad Aubrey was shot and killed by a father and son neighbor trio in a suburban neighborhood of Georgia. Ahmad was a 25-year-old black man at the time, and his murderers were three white men, ages 34, 64, and 51, I believe. Please fact check me on this. At the time of his murder, Ahmad was jogging in a neighborhood. The three white men present in the neighborhood at the time pursued Mr. Ahmad, and their pursuit ended in the death of Mr. Ahmad by gunshot wound. The media then became aware of this injustice by the video footage 
of Mr. Aubrey's death surfaced on the internet. The recording neighbor was also charged. Now, for those of us who have been following the Ahmad Aubrey story and his family's pursuit of justice, then you may already know or be aware of the fact that these three men had already been found guilty of, convicted, and, and sentenced on all counts of attempted kidnapping and murder. Two of the men, the father and son, were sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. And the neighbor, or the third pursuit, was sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole in 30 years or after 30 years. So I imagine that it can be a little confusing on what exactly is going on. A second conviction? Well, in federal court, the men were actually found guilty of and convicted of a federal hate crime, which comes in contrast to the original murder trial that failed to recognize race as a contributing factor in Ahmad's death. Well, the federal hate crime conviction actually turns that ruling on its heels and says or recognizes that race was actually the contributing factor in Ahmad's pursuit, his assault, and subsequently his murder. Now, this can be seen as a win by many people, including Ahmad's family, who were very happy about the outcome of the trial. For Ahmad's pursuit and murder to be deemed or seen exactly, recognized as exactly what it is or what it was. A hate crime. Now, some feel that this is a band-aid that just pacifies certain issues of race and inequality that still plague America today. Others view it as a step in the right direction, possibly leading the way on a lot of new policies and a change in our institutions or systems. And it could very well be both of those things simultaneously, depending on who you ask. But I'd like to ask you, who is justice for? Because still, according to the people, the, the verdict either brought justice for some or didn't do enough for others. But what did it for me is to see his mother smile. A guilty verdict and a life sentence could by no way bring back her son. But to see her smile was enough for me because to me, justice was for her. I understand. I completely understand that Ahmad's story was a modern story, as sad as that is. Meaning that the crimes against Ahmad were the crimes against an entire people, especially on the basis of skin. But that was her Son. So during the entire um, debacle of the differentiating opinions about whether it was justice or not justice, for me, all I could think about was the basis of our justice system here in America. I thought about the importance of victim advocacy because they are the victims. They are the ones whose daily lives, whose day to day is impacted. So to see his mom rejoice and be happy with the outcome was enough for me. In many ways, I didn't want to take this victory from her. But I would love to know what you guys think about that question. Who do we seek justice for? By which way do we observe or recognize that justice has been served? Whose eyes do we see that from? The next headline, as I said before, is Living Black History. As Kentanji Brown Jackson was nominated as the first black Supreme Court justice. Now, y'all need to warm up them lips and do something, honey, because we're going to get to pronouncing her name correctly. Kentanji. And it's Brown Jackson, okay? So put some respect on it. Kentanji has ruled as a federal court judge since 2013. 
But just of last year, she was promoted to the Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. And for those of you who are unfamiliar, the D.C. Circuit is the second most powerful court in the U.S. for its influence in policymaking and law. Katanji was very vocal in her opposition to Trump-era policy and has said that she offers a diverse outlook on um, certain issues than some of her colleagues. But with that came the arguments and the headlines of left versus in right. The political platform Kataji has built for herself. We will not get into that here because this is not that podcast. But I urge you, look into her political career, right? Um, look into some of the things that she has voted for, voted against, has stopped, has started, and develop your own opinions. I applaud her for the history she has made. But I urge you to understand more than just history. Understand now. This final story or headline that put the cherry on top of a very chaotic week for the U.S. Unrest in Ukraine. Now, this story is very much developing and I would love to cover it again when I have the time to actually go through the headlines and understand a little bit more fact finding about the actual issues at play here. Um, but unrest in Ukraine, the invasion of Russian forces into the country's capital city, the implementation of martial law by Ukrainian officials that state clearly that men ages 18 to 60 are not are no longer allowed to leave the country in an effort to preserve or even strengthen the country's existing military or militia. Ukrainian officials under martial law have begun to arm their citizens giving firearms to those who are willing and capable now i am by no means familiar with the russian ukrainian conflict but uh, it has been said that the conflict or the issues arising um, within the pursuit have remnants of the cold war now for people like myself who don't watch the news and you didn't pay attention to u.s history in 11th grade the Cold War was exactly how it sounds, and no, it wasn't fought in the cold. That's not what that means. The Cold War was essentially a time where the tensions were at an all-time high between U.S. and Russia and maybe some other countries in that sort of ally, non-ally space. And by all means, please fact check this information and verify yourself before you create opinions with this, because I did not pay good enough attention to u.s history they lost me at the american revolution okay so the cold war tensions at an all-time high but think of it like a standstill it's like a standoff and it's all because of this nuclear power this nuclear weapon paradox of sorts where the threat of nuclear war was every day it was constant now for those of you who are confused about this as well Russia and the U.S. hold 90% of the world's nuclear power capabilities. So the two countries with the biggest nuclear war capabilities literally at a standstill seeing who was going to fire first. Now, no one wants nuclear war. We've all read and seen the horror stories about the fatalities and the casualties of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And we've all seen the hills have eyes. No one wants that. So the Cold War was just that. No one wants nuclear war. So it was this giant standoff of who's gonna push the button first. 
both the U.S. and Russia playing defense and offense at the same time. So the reason that comes into play today with Russia's invasion of Ukraine is because, well, President Vladimir Putin said just that, if other countries get involved, that we would see consequences that we've never seen before in history. Now, you've seen the news, or if you haven't, I mean, everyone's taking sides. They're talking about NATO. spies, lies, and allies. MTV's The Challenge. there's this overwhelming sense of fear. What are we doing on Earth? Like, what is our purpose of being here? The most advanced being on the food chain intellectually, and yet... This is where we are. Hearing the threat of nuclear war as I'm on my way to my job. Seeing the headlines as I'm walking my dog. Going over what-if scenarios with my mom. And, and everyone has an opinion. They're, they have their right to that. I'm not trying to take away you but guys' But what opinion. I question is the purpose in all of this think about it there there are so many things that we can do as human beings and yet we do war we create crime we drastically make this earth a a worse place to live in but it's bigger than that it's bigger than that we're the only intellectual beings of this kind in this entire galaxy in this entire milky way of a solar system only earth in this entire millennial of space. And this is what we do with it? That's a question that I play over and over in my mind. I just imagine where could we be? Where would we be if this same energy was directed towards, well, I don't know, global warming? Fossil fuel usage. Sustainable energy. Crime rates are spiking. COVID's running rampant. Nuclear war is on the table for discussion. And I still have an essay due at 11.59 tonight. But that's just my point. A a reiterating theme for me this week has been life is bigger. Life is bigger. Life is bigger than my morning runs to Starbucks. It's bigger than my nine to five. It's bigger than me. But with that bigger life comes a whole lot more chaos a lot more noise stress anxieties but with that also comes possibility opportunity hope so that's gotta make it worth it right I'm Judea B, and this has been Juju TV's Open 24-7 a podcast to shed light and understanding on the headlines keeping you up at night Open 24-7 by no means will find the cure to cancer, cure world hunger, or stop impending doom, for that matter. But the hope is that with open communication, conversation by conversation, we can begin to understand exactly what the fuck is going on. I'm your host, Judea B. I am Juju TV, and this has been Open 24-7. It's Juju TV.